when they arrive, they'll make their way to the Victoria Concert Hall and Theatre and search for Alan Wu. Alan Wu? Host of The Amazing Race Asia. Ready, set, go! Welcome to the sixth wonderful episode of your team number, the Amazing Race Asia podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who is super excited to see what vegan is about, but thankfully not doing it in my house, Logan Saunders. <laughs> morning. Good morning. And we are back for another wonderful recap. Although not as wonderful as the past couple of weeks. No, not as great as the past three or four episodes, but definitely not as terrible as the season premiere was. Oh no. I mean, it was really cruel of them to cut Lisa and Nicole for the sixth time, but it's just becoming a running joke now. You know what's funny is that as many jokes as we make about Lisa and Nicole, they have had as much airtime in the episodes this season as Tara Basro. And Basro is supposed to be the co-host for the whole season. Well, she can't help it when she is locked in the Bante Bell Tower. Oh, she's locked in the Bell Tower this week? Yeah, she's waiting for her Prince Charming to come and rescue her. She might be weighing a lot. Tara Punzel. Tara Punzel? Well, she doesn't have any hair. She's like, she cut her hair really short. Like very 1990s, uh, 1990s uh, female rocker style type hair. Tara Punzel, Tara Punzel, let down your hair. (laughs) All I'm picturing is the Homer Simpson where he like ends up being too heavy when he pulls down the hair, so he ends up just falling to the ground. And ripping it out of a scalp. Yeah. <laughs> that's, maybe that's why Tara Basra's hair is so short. Because it used to be really long, but then, you know, Homer Simpson was there, and it just, yeah, it just ripped out of her scalp. Alright, so this episode. So this episode was, eh, it was alright. There were some good moments to it. I can't really complain about it too much, because there was a lot of good character moments. But it still wasn't as good as the past couple of weeks have been. Yeah. So, previously... Previously, eight teams raced from Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. After another cruel elimination at the hands of the Salvage Pass, Lisa and Nicole were eliminated, leaving seven teams to face a choice. Either fish for prawns to get their next clue, or face the first fast-forward of the season. Tom and Anita and Alex and Will both went for the fast-forward, but came unstuck when it came to eating sticky rice. In search for the Vietnamese coin they could swap for the next clue. At the detour, Louisa and Treasury smashed through badminton, while Eric and Ronette hid from Yvonne and Chloe in a flowery challenge. The roadblock was hard to stomach for some team members, but despite crying, Louisa and Treasury won their third leg in a row, and finally won a prize. However, Alex and Will couldn't catch up, and were the fifth team eliminated from the race. Did you notice that Alan really uh, stabbed it in there for Alex and Will? Where he was saying, and the Muscle Brothers fell way, way behind at the pit stop. Like, he didn't even try to downplay it at all. He's like, man, they were so far behind. They were just they were just terrible that last leg. 
Well, one of Alan's unwritten rules is that there can only be one Jim Rat in a season, and that's got to be him. He can't have the competition. Yeah, so does that mean he's going to find a way to whack uh, Eric next? Watch your back, Eric. He's coming for you. Yeah. He's going to out-muscle you out of the out of the race. Although I think Eric's got more muscle than Alan, though. Yeah, I think just a little bit. Yeah. Despite the fact that I love them both, it would be interesting to see them fight. Yeah, like, maybe not a, maybe after a couple of years of training in mixed martial arts, or just like a professional wrestling-style matchup. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything other than the play fighting that would be professional wrestling, but... I think Alan Wu's finishing move would be the Wook Bottom. I knew you were going to do some sort of pun. <laughs> or the Sharpshooter. <laughs> Did I send you Eric and Rona's um, application video? Uh, I will watch it. You've not seen Eric's dance moves? I saw them this week at the karaoke challenge. He didn't even want to sing. He was trying to break Bobby Brown's world record for hip thrust during a musical performance. Minus the cocaine. Yeah, there's a lot of Eric's dance moves in it. He's a dancer, not a rapper. He is. He's not the James, he's not the Jim, but the Bobby Brown. Talking of rapping, how's your poke rap uh, performance coming along? I've been on a poke overload uh, this week. I was playing Pokemon Go on the way to pick up my pre-ordered copy of Pokemon Sun. But you promised. I promised nothing. No, you promised last week that you would learn the entire college humor version of the poker rap, and I'm very disappointed you haven't. Yeah, that's what happens when I work uh, full-time, and uh, I, I'm about to move to Europe for nearly four months. Yeah, it's... Man, that's a disappointment. Also, no Pokemon Sun and Moon discussion, because it's not out here till Wednesday. Oh, brutal. Oh, man. That's just going to be torture for you. After the past two games um, had their embargo broken by some retailers in in the UK especially, Europe get it five days late this time to stop that happening. But I have got it pre-ordered, and it will be coming to my workplace on Wednesday. I'm very excited about it because I know basically that everything that happens in the story already. Wow, you didn't, uh, didn't avoid the spoilers at all, but granted it is the uh, Pokemon. I didn't, but you know, it's a pretty predictable story for Pokemon. And I kind of guessed most of the alleged twists anyway, so. I hear it's though it's supposed to be, I haven't had a chance to play it because I'm still trying to get through Phoenix Wright. But uh, yeah, Phoenix Wright, Spirit of Justice, for anyone who's uh, playing that game, I think this is the toughest Phoenix Wright game I've ever played by far. It was the first time I got stumped on a part of the trial <laughs> in like three or four games. Did you ever play Pushmo? Or Pull Blocks as it was called over here. Oh, uh, I've seen, wasn't it available on like the Wii Virtual Channel? It's on uh, the eShop on 3DS and Wii U. Okay. And you should play it, it's awesome. Okay. Alright, I'll I'll wait till I come over there and I'll just play your copy. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a puzzle game that is, for want of a better term, Nintendo hard. It has cutesy graphics, lulls you into a false sense of security, and then has the heart of a serial killer. It's evil. (laughs) Oh, like Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. It appears so easy, and then it just has such a steep learning curve. Speaking of Nintendo, are you getting an NES Mini? I'm I not. decide against it. No. Because there's not, there's not enough value with it. No, I am going to get the Switch, though, because there's a very real chance that the Switch could come out on my birthday. Oh, yeah, I'm getting the Switch, too. Of course, that'll be when I get back to Canada. 
there's a very real chance it could actually arrive on my birthday and you might actually get the first chance to play the Switch at my house. Oh, right. I'm there for your birthday. You are. Yeah, I leave like the next I leave like the next day to meet up with Jason and Randy. You do. And I'm not sure what I'm going to plan for my birthday yet because, you know, I'll be off work. Hmm. We won't be away for my birthday. I'm, I've just not decided what I'm doing yet. Right. Oh, so this episode of Amazing Race Asia. Yeah. Yeah, we probably should, you know, start talking about it, really, given that we're 15 um, minutes in already, and we've all we've done is sort of gloat that we're going to be meeting in less than a month. Yeah. Um, a month today, you'll be horrendously jet-like still, probably. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, exactly. I'm so excited to see how, how badly jet-like you are, by the way. <laughs> Perversely, it's going to be hilarious. No, Tor- Toronto is, is the maximum jet-like I'll ever suffer from. <laughs> Because from my experience, going east screws me. Oh yeah, that's what Jason and Randy have said too. Eastward is way, way, way tougher than westward. Because westward, it tends to balance So, Well, westward, I just tend to need a uh, a massive sleep. And then I'm fine the next morning. Like when we landed in Calgary. Eastwards, I'm screwed for about three days. And you don't have the luxury of three days. Because two days after you land, we're going to Amsterdam. Maybe I'll find something in the red light district to uh, cure my senses. You can go to the red light districts if you want, but I won't be. <laughs> so, this episode, um, no departure times. What up with that? It's like they're trying to hide something from us. So, Louisa and Treasury find out that they have to go to a grab station. Another one. They're all over Southeast Asia. And we're really overdue for a sponsor task, considering we didn't get any uh, last week. Yeah, I don't hate this task. I think it is a great idea and something that actually I'm very surprised they've not really done in Filipino legs before. I thought they did the, in the Filipino leg. Oh no, that was the Vietnamese leg in Asia 3, wasn't it? Yeah, I, from my memory, I don't think they've ever done a, a task in the Philippines that is basically disaster relief. Hmm. Despite the fact that they have filmed legs in the Philippines like a week before... One People before disasters hit, yeah. Maybe that's what prompted them to do this. Like, th- Amazing Race thinks there's some sort of bad luck charm. I think it was the Ukrainian leg in the Philippines that was filmed, like, two weeks before one of the typhoons. Didn't Amazing Race 5 get there right around a disaster? Yeah, I, th- I think it's happened twice with, the, with Filipino legs, but they've never actually really acknowledged it. So it's nice that they've done this. Yeah, and the Philippines really is prone to natural disasters. I posted online versions of Survivor over the years, and a lot of the contestants are Filipino. And there was the one time where there were still two Filipino contestants left. And yeah, then the one of the big like cyclones or typhoons, you know, typhoons or whatever uh, hit hit the the cities, and they pretty much had no internet access for a few days because they're. Just their whole houses just got absolutely flooded and, and just in pure crisis mode. I would really like to go to the Philippines. It's It's been on my list for a while. Yeah, although it's been not so safe for Canadians in the past little bit. We've, there's been some stuff in the news where it's happened a couple times where Canadians have been executed. That's dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm, yeah, just telling you, yeah, like, it's what's been discussed at work, yeah, it was big news over here. This was probably just like I don't know, maybe like a month or two ago. Probably not. Probably not. 
seeing as though they're planning all the wonderful Canadian cities that they're going to go to next year now. Yeah, it'll just be uh, Manila, um, Manila, Manitoba for, for next season. Manila! Don't even joke about it, because I'm going to be really, really depressed when I see the the route for Amazing Race Canada 5, Anna. Or, the, or in here in Vernon, there is a Filipino breakfast place. So they could be going to that as well and, and be like, eh, close enough to the Philippines. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I would like to see um, a Singapore leg just so Wu can be the greeter, because I, I really want to find out how him and Monty would interact. Oh, yes. That would be something. I don't think they would get along. They're both so lovely. They need to get along. They need to be best friends. I don't know. I just think there'd be some sort of intense rivalry between them. They'll be fighting over our love. I was going to say the only thing they could possibly compete over is who loves us more. <laughs> Seems though they're both friends of the podcast. <laughs> It'll be like hanging around like divorced parents where they both just, you know, like you get all the video games you want, you get all the food you want, just everything just gets handed to you because they're both trying to win you over. Hey, if Monty and we want to send us presents, I am not going to turn them down. Except, Monty, if you're listening, do not send me Campbell soup. In fact, the only gift that I would ever want is to be a greeter on one of your legs. Seeing as though you both probably have future seasons coming up. Call me, you know where I am. Call me, call me. I still want the situation to happen where you get cast on Amazing Race Canada, and then I am the greeter of one of the legs. And you just round the corner, get to the pit stop, and, uh, and just look really, really shocked. Yeah, it'll be like uh, levels of shock, like uh, Sherry and Cole when they're not eliminated at the final four. Anyways, this episode. This episode. <laughs> yeah, then, then Monty would have to acknowledge my presence. Yeah. Oh yeah, we don't talk about the greeters normally. <laughs> yeah, he just gives you the silent treatment. Uh, and all the teams, I believe, end up on the same flight to Manila. They do, as seems to happen every like They all end up on the same flight. Yeah, and Rona says she will kill it anywhere. Anywhere, anytime. No no holds barred with Rona. See, I thought Eric was the the aggressive one, but evidently it's Rona. Yeah, she actually says she's going to murder the competition. And then you know, with uh, Maggie, how she says that she's uh, missing home like crazy, so I don't think she get, gets it that she won't actually be able to visit her own house during the leg. Yeah, she's not at Anton and Armand. She can't contact home. That did happen in the Philippines too, actually. <laughs> oh wait, that happened in the vegan leg of the Philippines. Really? Yes. Man, imagine if they ran, Maggie ran into her friends and if she called Antoine and Armand just to continue the pattern of the same penalty. Something that I was going to get to at the end of the season, but there are a few little connections to the Amazing Race Philippines in this leg. Uh, and Yvonne and Chloe reiterate their desire to beat Louisa in Treasury, which says to me they probably won't. Yeah. Especially when they haven't gotten more than, I don't know, two minutes of airtime each episode. This is probably the most airtime they've gotten all season, which is bound to happen when fewer and fewer teams are left. But just even with this week, they didn't really get all that much content. Can we rule them out as winners yet? Yeah. I mean, we know nothing about them. I think we can also rule JK and Mike out as well. Because their storyline ended with them finally getting a first place finish? Although it, it's a first place finish that I will never acknowledge because I don't want to admit that we live in a world where JK and Mike are leg winners. You're, you're like the States with not recognizing China during the 70s. Exactly. The 60s. 
JK and Mike are my China, and I'm the United States. Yeah, that's quite the analogy I made there. Um, let's see. Tom wants to play his own race. Doesn't quite work out this leg. We didn't see much of Tom and Anita this week. No, they were really downplayed for a team that got eliminated. They were under the radar on Edgic on their elimination episode. There's Edgic for Amazing Race Asia? Yeah, there's Edgic for Amazing Race Asia, and they were under the radar on this leg. Probably the only eliminated team that gets to be that under the radar for their elimination episode. It's really disappointing, though, because I had really high hopes for them at the start of the season. They were one of my favourites pre-season, and we just didn't see anything from them this week. No, they, it was like they, their edit was building up and up, and then this week it's like, oh, they get eliminated. And unfortunately, uh, we're trying to build up the end of the season, so Tom and Anita, there goes your airtime. So once teams land in Manila and get to the grab station, they have to book a car, head to the Quiapo market, and buy the items for a disaster-prepared kit. They have to then head to a Red Cross building and deliver it to a family affected by a natural disaster before they can receive their next clue. So that market seemed pretty intense. That is every Asian market ever, Logan. (laughs) Every Asian market we've seen on Amazing Race, every single building basically in Hong Kong is like that. Was that the same market used in Amazing Race 25? Seemed similar. Cause it was, seemed, there was no Michael Jackson cross guard, though. There's no cross guards were moonwalking or, you know, twisting about uh, this this time. No, it wasn't. It was Divisoria, the, uh, the market in Amazing Race 25. Oh, yeah. I always mix up my Filipino markets. Chiapo Divisoria. Who knew? So we learned that Rona loves to shop. She is the shopping queen, and Eric is washing his hands completely of any involvement in this task. And Rona is the boss. Yes, she is the boss. Uh, apparently she said that if you just yell at, yell at the people, they'll respond to you kindly. Which went so well for JK. <laughs> yeah, within like two seconds. Mike's like, well, you're shouting. You're shouting, JK. <laughs> I'm not shouting! <laughs> I'm just trying to get us what we need. And, and it was just funny just seeing the one, like, uh, the one person in the marketplace, the second guy that they see who just looks really offended by JK and Mike, with JK yelling at him. <laughs> I am offended by JK and Mike. You're offended by <laughs> I can only say these things because I know they listen and they aren't taking it seriously at all. <laughs> If anyone thinks that I'm being mean to JK and Mike, just listen back to the Amazing Race Canada, uh, Amazing Race Canada three podcasts. I was brutal to uh, to Gino and Jesse. Oh, Gino and Jesse, the oh. worst. But I love how every time I take an irrational dislike to anyone preseason, they end up being the person that most people hate by the end of the season. I've noticed this because it's like JK and Mike, Tyler Oakley. Although, you know, he sort of had a bit of redemption in our minds because we stopped being brutal to him. It's just hilarious to me that other people seem to be joining me in my dislike. With Tyler Oakley, what's funny is that I have followed him on Instagram and Snapchat since then. And I've yet to be blocked by him on either of those platforms. I'm proud of you. I think he still has me blocked on Facebook. Most likely. He has like a bunch of the Mason Race fans blocked on Facebook. The next time he posts, I'm going to message the other admins and say, hey... Tell Tyler to unblock a bunch of us because that's not very good for the community. <laughs> Could you imagine Eric as a butler? Like, what, 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 what butler clothes would fit him? 
like they would just tear up, I think, as he would try to put them on. Like they would have to, he'd be the biggest butler ever. Usually they're like tall and really thin people. Where did that come from? <laughs> well, well, Eric said that he was going to be Rona's butler for the for the shopping task. I wasn't just randomly coming up with the concept of what would happen if Eric was the butler for like some sort of, I don't know, like uh, Thai royalty or something like that. It did seem quite random that you just came out with, imagine if Eric was a butler. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to keep us on topic. <laughs> it's been a losing battle for the past 33 minutes. When we've got such a sparse episode in terms of actual stuff to talk about, we have to start talking shit. <laughs> and Yvonne is much like Eric, where she's not much of a shopper either. She doesn't know what dried fish looks like. And and as a vegetarian, I don't really know either. I thought it was Chloe who didn't know what dried fish looked like. Oh, God. Are you having more trouble the... telling Asian people apart, Logan? You're so racist. Oh, God. Who was the one that was wearing the Tupac Shakur bandana at the start of the episode? Was it Yvonne or Chloe? That's Yvonne. They usually say Yvonne and Chloe. Oh, dear God. I've been mixing the two of them up all pretty much all season long. That's just fantastic. Chloe's the one with kind of a longer face. Is she the, the taller one? Yeah. Yeah, I've been mixing the two of them up uh, pretty much all season. And there's there, it's not like Alex and Will where... Yeah, where their differences are a bit more subtle, Chloe and Yvonne are much more distinct between the two of them. So yet again, Logan, proving that he thinks all Asian people look the same. Hey, at least I learned it by six episodes in. It's only sort of two-thirds of the way through the season, Logan. Yeah. It's not so like, like the last leg. It's like, oh god, I've been mistaken. And Eric and Rona do have the linguistic advantage at the market. And did you know that Maggie also has an advantage because this leg is in the Philippines and that definitely won't be repeated three more times by the end of the episode? Oh, definitely not. And that Eric and Rona also won't be repeating this and that we won't be getting a bunch of Eric and Rona and Maggie and Carrill scenes to reinforce the fact that the, both teams are absolutely guaranteed to be in the final three? I think you'll find that it's uh, Perul and Margaret. Oh, yes, Perul and Margaret. Yes, Eric has... Eric is Eric is really a butler. He's still formal with people's names. And in the same way that you promised to learn the poker rap and didn't do it, I promised that I would uh, do an impression of Eric this week and it's not happening because my voice really isn't up to it. I've been struggling a little bit this week. It will be much more evident on the Apprentice podcast when we release that. Because I was pretty rough on Friday. I see. Gotta stop with those hangovers, Michael. I know. I can't help it. I, I just smoke 60 cigarettes a day and, you know... Okay, Shane Powers. You know those cartoons where it's like bundles of cigarettes in someone's mouth and they're smoking them at the same time? That's what I'm like. <laughs> Just for the record, anyone listening, I do not smoke, I will never smoke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Smoke. Are you smoking yet? Family Guy reference. Um, so, what else happens in the market? Oh yeah, there was that sign that said to kiss aging goodbye. And this season has definitely reflected that since nobody over the age of 40 has been cast. And yet, Eric and Rona are still the oldest people left in the cast and have been since episode one. Oh yeah, like, when they come back from All-Stars, they'll be in their walkers. Like, man, they're just, like, just send them off to the retirement home after the season is done. Can you imagine Amazing Race Asia All-Stars? That'd be odd to have, like, four seasons go on break for six years. And then they have an all-star edition. 
Because let's be honest, Amazing Race Asia is going to get a sixth season. And it might get a movie as well. Yeah, so it'll just be like community. Asian community. Hashtag six seasons in a movie. But unlike most other franchises, Amazing Race Canada, I wouldn't be opposed to an Amazing Race Asia All-Stars. So we've had a lot of top-tier characters after you know just five seasons. That's what I mean. When you're doing Amazing Race All-Stars, you need a cast that is just wall-to-wall characters. And, and you I... need Singaporean Sophie and French-born Aurelia as a lock for the cast. And I don't think that Amazing Race Asia would do it badly. I don't think they would pick any boring people. So there's not, like, like the what, what, what's the bottom of the barrel for Amazing Race Asia? Um, Isaac and William? Yeah. Probably Isaac and William and, like, Sahil and Prashant? Even the most dominant teams in Amazing Race Asia, unlike most of the other franchises, aren't boring teams. Look at Mark and Revealson, for example. Base. Base. The most dominant team in Amazing Race history, and they have personality. Mm-hmm. Just saying, if you wanted to do two seasons next year and do Amazing Race Asia All-Stars and Amazing Race Asia 7 as it would be then, wouldn't be opposed to it, guys. As long as you do a UK leg and make me the greaser. Just put it out there. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> as soon as I've given up on my quest to get Monty to uh, to get me to be the, the greaser for Amazing Race Canada... Come on, Amazing Race Asia, do it for me. Woo it for me. And then, let's see. Oh, and then the marketplace. Um, Jake and Mike continue to fight as Mike is, in the words of Taylor from Kid Nation, he is learning to deal with it and to let JK have his moments. In the confessional, when we're just seeing them basically shout at each other, he looks shell-shocked. He looks genuinely like he has PTSD for having to deal with JK all the time. Or JKSD. Yeah. It's JK and Mike's traumatic moment of the day. Um, and Tom and Anita ask for some garlic head at the market. I think you'll find it's Anita! <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so I, I think Dracula would have absolutely hated garlic head. It's just not his style. It's just not in his taste. Garlic head does sound like some sort of uh, one-hit wonder 80s band. Yeah, probably like George Michael was the lead singer of Garlic Head. What is your obsession with George Michael? You've mentioned him twice in the past few podcasts. When did I last mention him? I, I'm pretty sure it's an Amazing Race Asia podcast you've mentioned in him. Huh. Man, I really need to expand my material then. Because I had to um, to explain what happened on Hampstead Heath to you. Oh, right, right. We Might be an Amazing talk- Race Canada, actually. Yeah, it was Amazing Race Canada. Oh, right. So, let's see. Somebody... Oh! Megan Perule, they uh, somebody tries to give a bowl to them, and instead they they don't they don't catch the bowl, and about dozens, a few dozen cups break in the process as dozens of people uh, watch this go down in the process. There's actually a lot of locals uh, watching Megan Perule and all the other teams uh, in the marketplace. Yeah, did you notice the people with um, with camera phones recording them? All the RFF spies who usually hide in trees and things on golf courses. This was pretty blatant, yeah. It's like they were given advance notice that they were entering the marketplace ahead of time. But I also know that with the Philippines, they're they're really big reality TV fans overall. Like that's a huge percentage of the foreign market I see in terms of interacting with foreign survivor fans. Do you think that that's probably why they went to vegan to be a bit more isolated and to not eat any meat? Exactly. They have a task in Manila, 
because that's where they'll probably have to fly into, because that'll probably be the only place in the Philippines that Peru to fly to. Manila! And then they can go to Vegan to slightly steal some things off Amazing Race Philippines. Yeah, and of course they probably had to do the Red Cross task in Manila, because they likely didn't, didn't have that in uh, in Vegan. I can't really say anything about the Red Cross uh, part of it. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> As we've stated in a very small number of tasks, we can't really joke about that task, because it's, it's very good that they've done it. I was pleasantly surprised when I found out they'd done it. Yeah. Because it it's a rare moment from Amazing Race of them giving back to the community, which doesn't really happen that much anymore. Although Maggie and Perul really showed up the other uh, five teams by donating all the extra cash from that task uh, to the people at the Red Cross. They turned the Red Cross into an Indonesian orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> and all the other teams didn't give away their extra money, so now they just look like huge jerks. And it's all thanks to Maggie and Perul's uh, diabolical plan to make everyone uh, not look very uh, charitable. Fun fact... On the uh, table when they got to the Red Cross, there was a small sign that said you have to give away all the money you have in your possession, and only Perul and Maggie did it. Everyone else got an unaired penalty. That is true. It, you know, just Andy and Tommy and Samuel Kehlani and Lisi finishing the top two positions of this leg of the race, and Ethan and Jenna sadly went home, along with Lisa and Nicole. I wish I could say that that was the only time that twist has come up, but it has happened again. Yeah, Amazing Race Canada 3 uh, had it too, and everybody missed the sign to donate. So everybody's penalties cancelled each other out. And did you, and it was funny, uh, who finished, it's Louise and Treasury, no, not Louise and Treasury, um, Erica Renrona that finished the task in first with the. Uh, because they're the only ones who get the, uh, who get the first aid kit from the pharmacy. Right, everyone else struggles. Um, Megan Cruel in second. And then J.K. and Mike in third. And when J.K. and Mike get into the vehicle, they say that they haven't spent money to buy stuff in a long time. So apparently, J.K. really does, and Mike both just rotate between the same few shirts, I guess. Well, they refuse to buy anything, so what can you say? Yeah, they they refuse to uh, buy over your loyalty to them and to respect them on this podcast. So that's the one thing they haven't spent money on, too. If they want to bribe me with gifts, they can do. It is uh, Christmas is just a month away. I am completely selfish like that. If you want to buy me gifts and lavish me with things, be my guest. I I can easily be won over. Sod integrity. You would have been great in the Mexican government during the pre-days. Like, back when the pre was the only party that ruled for 80 years. That's all it was. Just, just bribes just got you by. Um... Let's see, and then we get a lot of emotion, lots of crying, um, and then teams find out they're going to be traveling by bus to the vegan adventure uh, zone, and once they get into vegan, they'll be traveling by a funny-looking tricycle. Which was a completely inappropriate method for Eric and Rona to travel. <laughs> yeah, just... just... They were suffocating in there. Like, they didn't... I don't think they felt that uh, home field advantage when riding in that tricycle. Make no mistake, that is the only reason that they did that requirement, was to get the stupid video of Eric hunched up in the tricycle. Yeah, he probably had to, like, uh, you know, remove a couple of his bicep muscles just to get in there. 
And then uh, let's see. Yeah, and then we get the whole train station scene, which is other teams scrambling to get to the train station while Eric and Rona and Megan Carule go out for dinner together. Yeah, they just have a nice Filipino food. Yeah, and Eric is eyeing Maggie and Perule's plates. Like, he was ready to eat all four plates at that dinner, at the dinner table. Well, of those four people, two of them did have a massive five-course meal last leg, so he's probably still quite hungry. Yes, because he had to watch everyone eat, so I'm guessing the two, uh, Rona and uh, Maggie, uh, who ate the five-course meal, probably didn't have as much food on their plate. So I'm sure they let Eric just finish it all off. Like, four four plates right there, that's a four-course meal for him. And Tom and Anita are the only team who are on a bus an hour behind everyone else. But that won't matter, because we get a semi-equalizer. With the roadblock, everyone taking tickets, waiting until the next morning. You know, usual amazing race stuff. Yeah, it's an hour of operation for 7 o'clock in the morning. Oh, there was one funny thing with JK and Mike regarding the Red Cross task that I feel does not cross the line. Um, right when they get to that uh, bus station to uh, get their to get their tickets, JK complains about it being a 10-hour bus ride right after he was at the Red Cross with the families in need. I just found it kind of amusing in terms of the timing of those two scenes. He's just so ungrateful. Yeah, and then Mike even's like, it's not going to be that bad, JK. <laughs> JK, we just, we've met people who have just been affected by natural disasters, you ungrateful shit. <laughs> that's, all, that's all the producers say to them off camera. It's just, I just love those, those types of scenes, though, where it's like this whole emotional scene where, you know how it is on reality TV, on like, you want to like Survivor, where it's like, oh man, we, we really appreciate what we have, and just go on and on and on with all the teams, and how emotional they are, and how things are going to be different when they get back home. And then literally two seconds later, it's like, oh, I'm sick of this rice and coconut. And then with uh, JK, it's like, oh, this 10-hour bus ride's going to be crucial. I love how I just have the impression that the editors are cutting out every time that Mike swears at JK, because it's so much. Yeah. Or JK trying to sit in between Yvonne and Chloe, and it was Yvonne who slapped him away. Are you sure? Um, see, Yvonne, final answer. You just won $10. <laughs> yes, I won something. So the roadblock is who's on target, and in this roadblock, one team member must zip line across the river and successfully hit a floating target with a flower bomb to get their next clue. The Travis and Nicole Memorial Amazing Race 23 finale tasks, as I like to call it. Well, that was from a plane, though. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's not a bird, it's not a plane. It's the Superman pose. And it's Maggie, Mike, Rona Treasury, Chloe, and Anita doing this roadblock. And this is also the first point where you look to Amazing Race Philippines. Because they also did a task at this place, just not this one. What was their uh, task at the Adventure Zone? It was... One team member has to ride a kayak and paddle through the river to reach his partner rappelling down the bridge. Once the team was reunited, the paddler must then reach the riverbanks to receive their next clue. All sorts of stuff at the Adventure Zone, Ben. Yeah. Although this flower bomb task was pretty neat. You can just hear R. Kelly's I Believe I Can Fly uh, playing in the background. It was pretty cool. It was sort of a slightly pointless task. I thought a flower bomb would be more painful, like like there'd be some sort of... explosion sound effect. It's the sort of thing you would see on the mole. That is exactly the type of task you would see on the mole. Hit the center target. I, I hear that uh, 
what's his name? Oh, what's the host from Mole 5? John Kelly? Uh, yeah. He said he got on this first try. Well, he would. And I cannot believe I remembered that specific scene from Mole 5. <laughs> Whereas Anson Cooper was just sitting back drinking foot wine. And, 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 and eating an apple. It was so obvious that Bill is the mole because he was eating because eat, Anderson Cooper was eating an apple. Oh, I wish that we would be able to do a Vidum podcast, but sadly the the schedule's a little bit too erratic. Yeah, because we're waiting on translations. Usually it's up on the same day each week, but sometimes not. Uh, let's see, um, yeah, Maggie, Mike, Rona, Treasury, Chloe, and Anita do this task. I had Yvonne written down, but now I know just to do the just to say the opposite of the name that I had written. And the most confusing bit about this task for me was why is Mike wearing two watches? One that's adjusted to local time and one that's adjusted to Singapore time. But that would get really confusing. Well, he has to do the conversion, you know. Also, isn't the Philippines on the same time as Singapore? I don't. No, I don't think so. They have to. I would assume it's like two time zones away. One or two. Two time zones away. You sure? Yes, I'm sure. Positive? Yep. You are wrong. Three? They are in the exact same time zone. They're both plus eight. What? So suck it, Sanders. Huh. So Rona misses quite a lot, so Eric ends up uh, coaching her. Not that it helps much. And apparently Treasury has great aim, but still misses. Although they come up, she comes up with the correct strategy, and Louise and Treasury look like they're going to... Win four legs in a row. Good on them. They mm-hmm. that would put them into a very exclusive club. Yeah, sir. They'd be if they won this. If they win this leg, they're right on the heels of Mark and Robilson's record. Had they won this leg, they would be approaching the equaling of Justin and Diana's record of five in a row. Yeah, unfortunately, that didn't happen. <laughs> and Maggie is not too fond at first of this roadblock. No, I can't imagine doing continuous zip lines would be great fun for them. Yeah. It was apparently particularly tight around the chest for her. Yeah. A, a problem that we wouldn't suffer. No. A problem Eric might suffer from the size of his pecs. So once teams complete the roadblock, they have to find the M.A. Parole Antique Shop, inside which they can find their next clue. Caution, we turn ahead. The Perul Antique Shop? Man, I, I knew that Perul and Maggie were, were big in the Philippines. I didn't know they were that big. I guess nursing school is a really big deal in, uh, in vegan. It was renamed especially for them. So uh, Perul and Maggie are the next to leave after four attempts. And then JK and Mike leave in third. And Yvonne and Chloe leave in fourth, both after five attempts. Nerek and Rona leave in fifth after 11. And Tom and Anita leave in last after 12. Tom and Nina are just failing at everything this leg. It says it's this round isn't going well for them. And then with uh, Mike, he was got really into the whole Superman pose after the task was over. I do love how he freaked out at first when he was uh, attached into that harness, though. Yeah, I can't, uh, it's not a particularly natural position for people to be zip lining in. Usually, zip lining is attached attached basically sitting down rather than face down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he's on. He's in line to be the next Christopher Reeves. Just don't ride a carabao. Fun fact, he was on the shortlist to play Superman in the Supergirl TV show, but just like Scoop, and he was cut at the last minute. I see. 
Yeah, and Louise and Treasury, I mean, their strategy with achieving that roadblock was very Tim Allen home improvement-esque, where all they used was more power. That sounded a little bit Rupert Bonham, that. My Tim, well, that's the, have you seen home improvements? Not for a while. Oh, yeah. I was trying to do this whole, like, caveman, like, you know, that, that Tim Allen thing. You snake motherfucker using more power. Wilson. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, not much else happens at the roadblock. Maggie throws it like a baseball. Da, da, da. Um, fifth time's the charm with Mike. And then we get a bunch of Indonesia commercials once again. What a wonderful world indeed. And then we get to the one of my favorite detours, Longaniza Kalisa. Or Carabao Karaoke. As soon as I heard the words Carabao Karaoke, I thought, this is going to be an amazing task. And I wasn't let down. That They took the two most common tasks used in Amazing Race ever in the Philippines whenever they visit. I mean, Carabao was seen in Amazing Race Asia 2. And then, well, Karaoke seems to appear in at least one, uh, one Southeast Asia leg in every season of Amazing Race for the past, I don't know, five years. And they combine both Carabao and karaoke. You're, you're writing behind a Carabao learning the song lyrics to a local song. It's so awkward for them because they're just singing in a dialect they have never heard before. Yeah, they don't even... Eric and Rona and Maggie and Karul lose their advantage because it's not even in Tagalog. Whilst they are slowly moving towards Plaza Burgess. Yeah, and then right behind Eric and Rona... Um, as they try this, as they're hoping for a tag along, is Yvonne and Chloe that are tagging along. And Plaza Burgess was also in the Amazing Race Philippines leg in Vegan. Although not for their detour. They had an active roots info there. And of course, producers go for the joke with the Longanisa Kalisa task in Vegan by having a sausage making task in that town, which completely contradicts uh, what I thought about that city. Oh, uh, what's that? There was a Longanisa-themed uh, detour in uh, Amazing Race Philippines. Yes, there was, you're right. The uh, the detour for the Amazing Race Philippines one included... Well, both sides were Longanisa-themed, but it was... Um, work was to make two dozen Longanisas to the standards of the vendor to receive their next clue. And um, in two, they had to eat a plate of 70 of them to receive their next clue. Wow. That sounds as bad as 49 race balls. Certainly does. So, in Longanisa Kalisa, teams must first head to collect the ingredients to make local sausages called Longanisa. Then they must create and stitch 15 Longanisa in the time it takes for the traditional ride on a horse-drawn carriage known as a Kalisa to go through the streets to Plaza Burgess. And if they didn't have 15 completed, they had to do the ride all over again. And once they had all 15 completed, they received their next clue. You have no idea how much I wanted for either the singer Khalise or Khaleesi from Game of Thrones to be riding uh, on the karaoke thing uh, with the team. So that would have been awesome. Longanisa, Khaleesi, Khaleesi. Maybe the next detour when they go to vegan will be uh, Khaleesa or Khalise. There'll be a milkshake making task. And the other one is that you have to eat a dragon egg. Yeah. And Carabao karaoke, as you said means that teams must take a ride on the back of a Carabao-pulled cart, which has a karaoke machine on the back of it, uh, with the song Six Little Ducks in Ilocano, 
Once they reach Plaja Burgess, they have to perform the song to the satisfaction of the judge and the awaiting audience to receive their next clue. I've got a fever, Michael, and the only prescription is more of Carabao. Christopher Walken. You need to at least do the Christopher Walken accent if you're going to do that. I used to be able to do the Christopher Walken accent, but I didn't even try. I'm disappointed in you. I can do it like, with him reading like, Good Night Moon. Scooch closer, children. Don't make me tell you about the scooching. And don't make me tell you about the scooping either. <laughs> and I have some insights as to why one team picks Caravo Karaoke. What is that insight? And that team is uh, Eric and Rona. Because you know how Eric used to be a TV star in the Philippines? Kinda. Well, on the show that he recurred on, which I don't know the name of, apparently they used to use Six Little Ducks a lot, so he was very familiar with the song. Man, who knew that would come in handy on The Amazing Race? That would be like me like listening to Weird Al and then going, I don't know, going on The Amazing Race. Then there was an accordion-related task. Yeah, and that we had to recite the lyrics to Eat It or something like that in the middle of Vietnam. And we had to sing it in Vietnamese. That would be quite impressive. And also given the theme of Weird Al's recent tour, I'm not sure Vietnam would particularly embrace him. Oh, because of the whole communist look? I deliberately had to not wear my Weird Al Mandatory Fun Tour um, or Mandatory World Tour t-shirt when I was in Vietnam, because it wouldn't have gone down very well. Or maybe they thought you were supporting them. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) So which one would you have picked? I think I know the answer, but which one would you have picked? Uh, Probably care about karaoke. Yeah, I I would have picked that one as well. It just seemed like more fun and seemed like the judge was the, the MC there was a bit more relaxed with the criteria. Yeah, it was less of a skill thing. Yeah. Seemed more fun than Shine Your Light. Which was also promoted on the Amazing Race Canada page this week. Yeah. So, Perul and Maggie initially choose Carabao, but almost immediately switch to Longanisa when they realise that they won't have any linguistic advantage. Which sort of makes sense, because... You know, if you're going to have any teams from the Philippines, you kind of can't have a Tagalog-themed task. Yeah, you need to... Uh, it'll be funny, is if one doing the sausage task, uh, the song Lolita plays on the Longanisa. And uh, Perul used to be a nurse, so he's in charge of stitching the sausages. Is this the first... <laughs> Jesus, Michael. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, nothing. If, um... if you've got a dirty mind, Logan, I can't help it. <laughs> This was the first confessional from Perule, um, I think, for the entire round. I think Maggie had all the other confessionals. Margaret. Margaret, sorry, Margaret. So, uh, yeah, Perule gets her first confessional. Apparently only Maggie was allowed to talk up until this point. Well, she is Purple Perule. Or Perupal. Perupal? That sounds like a currency in Legend of Zelda. Do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> um, let's see... Louis and Treasury. First task they've truly struggled with all season. I'm not sure they'd be outgoing enough to get the clue from Carabao Karaoke, though, either. They seem quite reserved. They seem introverted, I agree. They're probably the most introverted team left. They're quite reserved. They were... Yeah, who knew their weakness would be a task where size matters? And and Louisa didn't laugh at Treasury's joke. She was really trying to suppress any giggling. And you criticised me for uh, for doing the the joke about stitching the sausage. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it was too tight. 
or the worst was with Anita, where she, where she, uh, where she actually squeezed the sausage to where, uh, like, to where it was ruined. I am not remixing it again. No, but you could if you wanted to. It's once a season, Logan. Yeah, that's true. It's tedious as it is. <laughs> Have you listened to this season's one yet? Did you hear it? The lot from last week. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that whole thing. <laughs> That was awesome. I was waiting for Wu to respond to it purely because I'd included the Fear Factor clip as well. Yeah, I'm surprised you got that clip. Yeah, it, it's on the Fear Factor page. Oh. It, it's not listed as Alan Wu, but it's one of the Fear Factor memories. <laughs> Hilarious. So it was actually really easy to find, way easier than I thought. And uh, I, did, I did spend most of last Sunday just watching old Fear Factor clips wincing. Because <laughs> there's some horrible, horrible things that did to people. Oh yeah, like it violated the Geneva Convention for sure. I mean, one of the ones that I couldn't even watch was one where they gave someone ten piercings. Ugh, I oh, don't want to see that. No, that's something for Claire's. Why would you do that on television? Ratings, Michael, ratings. Oh. Um, but Tom and Anita, we find out it is Tom's time of the month. It is, apparently he's, uh, he's a bit menstrual. <laughs> yes, Anita, Anita told him to to stop getting his period. But you know what? Tom's you know Tom's in his twenties, and I don't think that I don't think his cycle is going to change anytime soon. He's Tom Menstrual. Tom Menstrual. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here with that. Yeah, I don't know why, but I'm just on a a pun mood today. <laughs> he is below PMSing. And J.K. might get a rejection at Carabao for not being fun enough. <laughs> That's a common problem for J.K. and Mike on this podcast. I wasn't going to say anything for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to say anything for that. Oh, Yeah, so Louise and Treasury get their sausage reje- rejected. And Maggie and Perul, do they get rejected too, or do they get on the first try? Yeah, Perul, um, Louise and Treasury have 10 accepted. And Yvonne and Chloe do get a rejection as well, before J.K. and Mike leave Carabao in first. J.K. and Mike in first? Yeah, I know. Wow. I cannot believe that I'm saying these words. And teams must now find Plaza Salcedo, where the Wu turn awaits. Single, a single Wu turn. It is, it's not a double Wu turn. And it it goes unused. Unwoosed, actually. Yeah, like, this is weird. Like with amazing with the past few seasons, or was Amazing Race twenty eight? There was like no twist used at all for the first half of the season. Well, there wasn't really any twist to begin with, but they ignored their first U turn as well. But here in Amazing Race Asia, we are sixty percent of the way through the season, and a yield, a U turn, and a fast forward were all went unclaimed. The thing I worry about here is that. Maybe for Amazing Race Asia 6, they're going to think, oh, we don't need to include these things. And yeah, you could probably get away without including U-turns, because I don't like them particularly. But don't deprive us of fast-forwards, and don't deprive us of yields either. Yields are way more fun than uh, than U-turns. Yeah, because they just get to stand there and be pissed off for half an hour rather than being distracted by another task. Yields are pure character moments. U-turns are just... Another thing to take interesting information out of the episode for me. Yeah, I can definitely see that for sure. Whereas I love the character moments that the yield brings. 
especially when you go all out and put a must-vote yield in every leg, as Ms. Hammerox has taken to doing occasionally, which is just devious and I love it. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get, like, four teams who are affected. I really want Masonry's Canada to do the must-vote must U-turn. You have no idea. I think it's the only way that they can get away with it anymore. I know we've basically said that Amazing Race Canada is dead to us unless they leave the country, but if they put in a must-vote U-turn, I think it'll be way more fun, at least. Rather than just the same one or two teams dominating the whole season. Well, exactly, because that then would force people to use it. That's the problem for me, is that they're too afraid of looking un-Canadian by not using U-turns, whereas if they were forced to, I think it would add a little bit of deception and fun in there yeah so yeah it looks like we're going to be getting another u-turn probably in leg eight would be my assumption i don't think that we're going to see one right away next episode next episode if anything is going to be a non-elimination yeah i think we've probably got to get rid of the non-elimination before they can use it and apparently jk and mike's reason for not using it is to preserve their dignity i did like that even though nobody used it the back half of the team said oh we're not using it this time Maybe next time, though. Even Eric and Rona. Yeah. Eric will U-turn soon. Or Megan Carroll saying, we're nice girls for now, but not next time. But the fact that they included it in the episode means that we're probably getting another one, and we're probably getting another one used. It's probably going to be a double U-turn if Eric and Rona and Megan Carroll both say they're going to use it. And those two teams have been very tight since the beginning. I mean, they're even... They're even nicknaming each other in Tagalog, and Eric is addressing Ma- uh, Maggie in the form with the, with her formal name. They're building up to that alliance, I think, running something. Mm-hmm. Probably knocking out Louise and Treasury would be my guess. And I hope and pray that the fact that we basically saw an unused U-turn and a potential alliance built alliance forming means that we're going to see another U-turn that gets used. And gets used quite deviously. Because that's what I want. Yeah. If anything, JK and Mike and Louise and Treasury are probably going to be the victims of the U-turn. Because I I suspect that JK has probably been slightly annoying people. Possibly. We can only guess. (laughs) I know this episode was basically pure character moments in terms of JK getting told off by Mike for shouting at everyone. And things like that. But I think that everything is included for a reason. And maybe that reason is that they're the targets because they're just slightly annoying. I still, I love it. I was just trying to look through my notes, and I even wrote down that Eric Bobby Browns it at the at the roadblock. All I wrote down was Eric's dance moves heart. He was just one step away from transitioning from uh, Bobby Brown hip, uh, hip thrust into moonwalking, followed by a twerk. I've said in the past how I love Eric and Rona's relationship anyway, but I love how she doesn't even shoot him down slightly when he starts just boogieing. Once he starts, he can't stop. Can't, he can't stop till he gets in there. Come on. So yeah, Yvonne and Chloe leave Carabout in second. And JK and Mike basically say that using the Wu-Turn is cheating. And then Perul and Maggie leave Langanisa in third. Uh, Yvonne and Chloe don't Wu-Turn. They don't want to be the bad guy. They don't want to be the Razor Ramon of the Amazing Race Asia. And if the Asian contestants know who Razor Ramon is, I will be very impressed. And uh, Tom and Anita get a rejection at Langanisa. And Eric and Rona leave Carabao in fourth. Perul and Maggie choose not to Wu-turn. And then Louisa and Treasury leave Langanisa in fifth. 
Eric and Rona don't return, and Tom and Anita leave Langanisa in last. And Louisa and Treasury are afraid of karma if they U-turn, which is interesting. Yes, they, they fear the karma. I guess they really want to preserve those first place finishes, so they really don't want to screw up their rhythm whatsoever. Unlike the rhythm that Eric had with his dance moves. And teams must now find the Bante Bell Tower, uh, where Tara Basra is imprisoned, awaiting her, the arrival of her Prince Charming. And it is the pit stop at this leg of the race. The last team to check in may be eliminated. And this all goes by very quickly. It does. JK and Mike um, trigger one of the biggest upsets ever by going from a 6.0 average to winning their first leg of the race over halfway into the season. And because of this, they're now predicting that they will go home in the next leg to uh, counterbalance it. But Logan, my copy didn't have anyone be awarded the first place win. In fact, it would ju- it just skips straight to Yvonne and Chloe checking in in second. It just skips? Like that scene just got... Wow, that's some crazy British uh, censorship. Yeah, for some reason, we just got a second place awarded to Yvonne and Chloe. Huh. Man. So I don't know where JK and Mike checked in, but I didn't see them checking at all. Hmm. And then Perul and Maggie finish in third, and still brag about their home court advantage of being super happy with their performance, even though they finished behind two teams who weren't from the Philippines. In fact, they were pretty steady with where they have finished in the past few legs. So this, this leg in the Philippines made zero difference. And Eric and Rona checking in fourth, with Louisa and Treasury slipping down the standings and checking in in fifth. Which leaves Tom and Anita to check in last, and sadly, they are eliminated from the race. I think Louise and Treasury, it's, is it already impossible then for them to break Mark and Robilson's record? Yes. So they're at 1.6 going into this leg, so... It's impossible for them to do it now, they'll be at 1.7 at the best. Should have done karaoke. I hear that the Indonesians are just as good at karaoke as they are at badminton. So it's time to eulogise Tom and Anita. What was funny in Tom and Anita's final confessional, when Anita's talking, you can hear a dog barking in the background on the audio. What I didn't like about Tom and Anita being eliminated was the fact that the friggin' page spoilt it. I was looking at Facebook at work, like, right after the episode had finished, and it came up at the top of my newsfeed, oh, chat with Tom and Anita. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's what we get for living in the West. I know. Especially, it's kind of funny with Australian Survivor and Amazing Race Asia. Because the tables have truly turned. Like With all the shows there in North America, I never have to worry about that. So there is a convenient time for me, and I have access to it in real time. And here with Australian Survivor and Amazing Race Asia, I pretty much get to know who goes home beforehand, because uh, uh, I don't get to watch the episode right away. And there's really no way to avoid it, unless I don't go on the internet at all. Which, I mean, I guess I could try to avoid everything more, but I just choose not to. And I accept that. So I'll miss Tom and Anita, because I really like them. Were they last at every single task of the leg? Yeah, they they didn't even reach any task not in last this leg. Yeah, because they took the... Even, even with arriving at tasks in last place, they were still last at those tasks. Yeah, it was a very understated final leg for them. Yeah, um, there's really not much else to discuss other than they looked like a team who was going to go really far into the race, and then incredibly floundered these past two episodes, especially with this one. Like, the, there was no fun scenes, like the, like no breaks, uh, 
like the brakes going out on their uh, bicycle from near the start of the season or anything like that. Just, oh, by the way, Tom and Anita are out of the race. And yeah, so we'll miss them. I'd have much rather the checking order got completely flipped this leg. Yeah, then at least Louise and Treasury would still have a shot at the record. Yeah, Louise and Treasury having their legacy broken by Tom and Anita and they come in a second. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. And Cruel and Meg and Eric and Rona would just swap spots and both still get to say that the home court advantage worked out well for them. Speaking of Cruel and Maggie, um, They're winning. They're, they're winning, yes. <laughs> Nothing has changed since week one. We're not going to mince our words. They're going to win. <laughs> and then Eric and Rona still projected to be second. Yvonne and Chloe, I imagine, are going to be next out. Like, this is... This has been such an invisible edit for them. I mean, I just figured out who is who. I mean, come on now. <laughs> and then Louise and Treasury, probably going to be you turned out of the race and forth. And then JK and Mike will probably be the random team that finishes in third place. So next time, teams head to Singapore. Eric and Rona overtake the competition. There's a lot of shouting at various teammates. Eric cracks and teams have to choose between drones and skateboards. Yeah, I hear that Eric's uh, heart rate uh, exceeded a certain number, and he's going to turn into the Incredible Hulk uh, next week, which is really going to scare the crap out of everybody in Singapore. This is unconfirmed, but you know that scene in the Next Time preview where Eric and Rona say they don't know where they are? I Mm -hmm. think that is in Suntech City, which is where the Fountain of Wealth is. Ooh. Yeah, I know next round for sure is Singapore. It's definitely Singapore. But it, it looks like when I was in Suntech City last year. I wouldn't be shocked if it is Suntech City. Which is really, really cool. Is Eric just going to pull apart the railing at the Fountain of Wealth then? Hopefully. And I guess no Taiwan this season. It makes no, no geographical sense for them to go from Singapore to Taiwan, then to Indonesia by the end. I don't know what happened to Taiwan. Because Thailand seems to replace it. Maybe the Indonesian government got confused, confused uh, Thailand with Taiwan and just said both of them. So I think we've both agreed that it's a non-elimination next week. Who do you think is going to get non-eliminated? Um, who will be non-eliminated? I don't know, JK and Michael have that home field advantage in Singapore, although it would be hilarious if this is the time where they come in last. But no one, no one has won a leg in the country they're from. Hmm. Since Brandon and Alfeus. There's not that many teams left. Let's go with Yvonne and Chloe. Although then that messes up my theory of Luis and Treasury being you turned out of the race. Hmm. And there is a little bit more uh, Amazing Race history that I need to get into, which is the Bante Bell Tower is also a quite infamous location in Amazing Race history because it is the first place where a team chose to eliminate another team when they had a salvage pass to get a time advantage. Because uh, Mark and Kat in Amazing Race Philippines chose to enter the Bante Bell Tower uh, half an hour earlier than the rest of the teams to get their next clue. Oh. So now you know. Fun fact. I I knew I recognised the name, and I couldn't remember where it's from. It's the only other time it's ever been visited in Amazing Race. Do you know how pissed off Canadians would be with this uh, this leg, with the pit stop? They would think that the Bell Tower was sponsored by Bell. Well, there's always got to be one pit stop that is sponsored by Bell, so... Maybe it's the Bante Bell Bell Tower. Yeah. Who knew that Bell was expanding to the Philippines? I didn't know that. They're the new sponsors alongside Grab. Yeah. So is there anything else to say about this leg before we 
return next week. No, I think we covered it all. I think we did as well. It's a, a much longer podcast than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Although a huge chunk of it is off topic, so have fun editing. Oh, I will. So thank you for listening to this You Are Team Number podcast. You can join us next Sunday to recap episode number seven. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, RealtyTV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Harmstone for me, and Log Super Kawaki for Logan. See you next week. Peace.